Hello and welcome to episode 181 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. And joining me as always is the succulent League Freak. You can find me on Twitter at League Freak. You going there, mate? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Mr. Five Watchers. Happy birthday to you. What's it like to be old? You'll know very, very soon. Fuck you. <laughs> you've gone up. You've gone up half cocked nineteen minutes early. That's, well, you know, if you, it's better than being nineteen minutes late, isn't it? I thought you were um, going to say that's what she said. Well, no. imagine going off nineteen minutes early. That would be a real problem. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty well, good. Well, very good with timing. <laughs> imagine if the footy starts in in eighteen minutes. Well, you'd save yourself all sorts of money too, wouldn't you? Yeah, uh, let's. I'll take you out for for dinner, sweetheart. How about we? Oh, oh, oh yeah. Never mind. I'm going to bed. Nineteen minutes early. <laughs> um, time for you to catch an Uber. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, yeah. So yeah. What's What's going on? What are we going to talk about today? Well, we've done a, a lot of preparation for this episode. Um, yeah, the uh, the Skype conversation that we're recording has been going on for about two minutes. Yes. And one minute and 45 of that is this yes. podcast. Well, let me ask you a question, right? Uh-huh. What do you think of the dropping of Benji Marshall from the West Tigers team this weekend? I I don't mind it. Yeah. I don't, I don't think Benji was playing actually bad. I don't think he played bad enough to deserve being dropped. But I believe that the reason why Benji got dropped is because, you know, there's a few reasons. I think Maguire knows that Benji can handle it. He knows that Benji will fight to get his spot back, which is what he wants the other players to do. Mm-hmm. And it also says to everyone else there, if a club legend in good form like Benji Marshall can get dropped, then all your fucking asses are on notice. Yeah, I think what you said there about Benji can handle it, I think that's really important because there'd be few players uh, of his age in the game who have been through as much as he has and who would just take this on the chin. And everything I've seen from him, he's he's just been like, yeah, I need to play better. And that's exactly what you want to hear out of a player. Um, I tend to think he's actually going to play the game. I think they'll find a way to get him into the side. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm fairly certain that um, he'll be on the bench somewhere. Now, did you see where he was going into training today and he walked up and he gave a peck on the cheek to a rugby league, a female rugby league reporter that he obviously knew, and it meant that both of them had to go into lockdown and get <laughs> tested for COVID-19? First thing you've got to ask. Yeah. Did Staff Riders or James Hoodorn come out with an article talking about how Benji Marshall could be facing a suspension on a large fine? I because, saw... Because I, that's, what, that's what happened when Terry Lamb shook one of the Bulldogs players' hands, only for the NRL to hand down a suspended fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like, nothing happened. It was funny when it was coming through on the media because they were, like, breathlessly reporting it, like, oh, he's, he's in lockdown, it's a quarantine breach. And, uh, you know... The, the weird thing about 2020 is that people can't just see something happen and go, oh, yeah, 
about that? Like everything has to be followed up by some sort of nervous breakdown by the entire planet. It's really strange. Yes, like um, violent outrage. Yeah. Like you've got to be aggressively outraged. You can't be nonchalant about anything. You you have to take a stance on one side or the other and you have to be aggressive on it. Yeah, like, I mean, Benji Marshall put the entire game at risk by doing what he did. The entire game. Don't don't talk it down, mate. I mean, he, he put the entire civilization of mankind at risk. Yeah, this is it's the worst breach I've seen since Littrell Mitchell had a barbecue. Oh, it's the worst it's the worst one I've seen since Latrell Mitchell got in a car that he didn't own. <laughs> it's it's almost as big of a breach as a TikTok video is. Oh, that's gonna be tough to beat. Yeah. But yeah, so Benji's getting tested, the reporter's getting tested, you know. They'll be fine. <laughs> so I believe Benji will be in lockdown yeah. tomorrow, which yeah. is also the Tigers' day off. Yeah. So, you know, whoop-de-fucking-do. Yeah. And then he'll be able to return to training with everybody else on the day that they all return to training. It's funny how that'll work out, hey? Yeah. It's absurd garbage going around. They're, I know, right? And, like, we've had no community transmission in new south wales for a week i think it's been like the only cases we've had they've been um people coming from overseas that are in lockdown already yeah and it's just it was but it was funny seeing it being reported at the time because the media outlets were acting like it was this breaking news story it was pretty funny just just ridiculous so some more news that happened a couple of days ago. Um, Paul McGregor got the full support of the Dragons board. Well, it was a good run, Mary. Yeah. Well, no, it wasn't. You shit. Yeah, it was a terrible seven years. But um, they said that they're going to stick by him. I can't believe that they will because, although I, I've, I said this, I have this theory that if you're going to lose millions of dollars this year anyway as a club, and you're obviously going to have a bad season this year. Why not just cop a massive one right on the chin in 2020 and not have to pay Mary McGregor out for the rest of this year? You just have him on board, you let everything be run into the ground, and then you start (coughs) next year afresh. Is it possible they can make him like media manager, but on the same salary? You know what they should do, right? We've we've seen the controversy surrounding their uh, Twitter. Why don't they make him run their Twitter feed? That's a brilliant idea. Yeah, that would be good. Like, ask Mary. <laughs> every day is ask Mary, and he'll just sit there and ignore your questions. It would be or, pretty good. Or just answer the ones he wants to in the manner he wants to. Although I've got to say, he was straight onto uh, the TV after their last loss. And it was a bad loss. I mean, that was about as bad as the loss gets. So he did front up for that, but man, it, it's not good. I, I yeah, feel but sorry for Dragons fans. I, I definitely feel sorry for the fans. Yeah. Because they're going to have to enjoy this clown for another year, another year at least. That's yeah, if he sees out this year. Now, uh, did you see that the NRL, this is the rumour, right? 
there's a, a politician, I think his name's John Bar- Barillaris or something. John Barillaro, yes. Yeah, and, and he is being tipped to be the next NRL CEO. And funnily enough, he's a mate of Peter Volandis. You don't say. No, it's crazy, hey? Let me guess, he's got all the same views and, and ideas as Peter Volandis does? Most likely. I, I'm not sure, but most yeah. likely. He's I, actually pushing really hard because he's still a, and it's funny, we talked about Todd Greenberg's too much of a politician, so they go and get a fucking actual politician. After but, having uh, one in the past that they didn't like and got rid of. Yeah, yeah. Peter Beattie. It was, uh, he's really pushing hard for the NRL to get crowds back right now publicly, so he's already, you know, doing his job. But, yeah, I thought that was a bit of a weird one. Oh, politi- <laughs> politicians in rugby league. It's, it's got a, a long story past. It goes all the way back to 1908. Yeah, exactly. Um, back then, most of them were better than the ones today. Yeah. Well, you know. I mean, what can you say? Like, I, at this point, I'm not surprised by anything the NRL does. I just sort of go with it now. So long as it's the NRL saying it, not, you know media outlets yeah that's true that's true um and yeah there's not too much news around at the moment hey it's been pretty quiet which is good they're talking about getting corporate um corporate boxes filled up again at nrl games which would be good fun so anyone out there that's got a corporate box that wants to invite me please get in touch podcast at leaguefreak.com um i think we'll be at games at full capacity within a month Yeah, it, it's quite possible. Um, I see the AFL is going to be, you know, pushing to have you know, full crowds and stuff back pretty soon as well. They're probably pressured by the NRL. That's somehow some sort of great big thanks to Peter Vlandis. Most likely, yeah. I, I think that, um, you know, that it's weird that this kind of racing each other to get crowds back in. Um, I think that all of the protests and stuff we saw in some of the capital cities pretty much unofficially put an end to the lockdown. Um, and between that and the really good COVID-19 numbers that we've been seeing, it's like, you know, it's going to be hard to stop crowds from, from coming back. People are just going to be like, what are we waiting for here, you know? Exactly. I, I must admit, I do. I have just found a piece of news that I had no idea about. Yeah. It's from James Hood Ornament. Yep. The push for Shane Flanagan to have his NRL head coaching being lifted and being reinstated at the Sharks next year is 100 to 1 and drifting to get off the tarmac. Um, so he's suggesting that Cronulla are trying to get Flano back to be their coach. Really? And at, at the risk of agreeing with this ass clown... Mm-hmm. Um, the Sharks, the smartest thing they can do is sign John Morris on for another two years. Yeah. Why are they even considering not giving him an extension for even for one year? What he did last year was nothing short of bloody miraculous. It really was. He was coach of the year last year. Easy. Yeah. Easy. Handed that club, but it was in the middle of turmoil, halfway through the preseason. And managed to bring through a bunch of really good juniors. Mm-hmm. One of them turned out to 
been an absolute dickhead and fuck his career. Yeah. Um, but I don't see that as a, a failure of Morris because he's a, you know, Bronson Cherry did that all on his own hat. No one else at the club was involved in that crap. So, yeah. He's also done a few things like getting rid of, you know, as much as it would have been handed to hang on to Josh Morris. Having having him gone when they've already got, you know, a few centres to work with there made sense. Frees up a bit of cap space. Mm-hmm. They've not used any of that cap space either. They've also freed up the money when Gallon retired. So he's going to be able to go on a bit of a shopping spree next year. It must absolutely suck that he's got that club moving in the right direction after the whole Gallon-Flanagan era has ended. A young squad looking positive, playing some positive footy, and now they're going to ditch him when he's got a little bit of money in the kitty to play with to, to buy some new players. Yeah, it really is. And, I mean, what? how how many times do they want Flanagan to fuck things up at the club? Like... I, I, I get the I, I get the this feeling that the Sharks board mm. have this they're, they're so enamoured with Flanagan. It reminds me of when the West Tigers had Tim Sheens there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he won us one premiership, he can do it again. <laughs> yeah. No, it's clear that he's lost the touch. It's time to move on. Oh, let's just give him another five years. No. Five years later. Anyway. I'm going to go down that fucking path again. Why don't you tell us what you thought about the Titans' loss? Well, I remember saying to to the missus before the game started, Mm -hmm. that is, if any team could lose to a side that hasn't won a game in 364 days, Mm -hmm. despite having just had a pretty good win the week before, it's the West Tigers. Yeah. They know, would... they know how to lose the unlosable better than anyone. And the Titans' record was weirdly good against the Tigers. Oh, yeah. That's always been about 50, 60%, uh, 50 to 55% or so yeah. success. Um, it, was, it was a really weird game. Like, I didn't say the second half, but just one of those games where I really did. I thought the Tigers were going to romp away with it, and then all of a sudden the Titans started playing well out of nowhere. Better than I've seen them play for probably two or three years. And uh, they just, they did great. Like, it was a a really surprising result to me. I'll tell you what I noticed, and that is, it looks like Ash Taylor has had a bit of a kick in the ass mm. and told, stop trying to be a, a smart ass with a ball in your hands and just focus on doing the basics right. Mm. And he, he sort of, he had a little bit more control. He's playing the safer, smarter options so much more often. Mm-hmm. And the the Titans were just able to stay in the game because of it. it he looked like a completely different player to last year. It wouldn't be tough if he wasn't there. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Yeah, it's it's look, it's a good a good sign for the Titans. It's a really good sign and you know, Justin Holbrook it gives him something to build upon too, which is good because, I mean, even the week before, you looked at the Titans and the way they were playing and you thought, man, what's he even going to get out of this team? Um, So it was a good sign for Titans and hopefully it's something that their fans can, you know, just feel some sort of positivity out of this season because 
it's been a really rough rough go of it for Titans fans and you know you don't like to see any supporter base having to go through that for very long because it really is rotten mm. um the the weird thing about that game is the defensive structures of both teams were for the most part abysmal yeah the Tigers wingers were rushing up and in way too early and in the first half it worked to their advantage because the Dopey Titans outside attackers kept trying to throw cutout passes that were so obvious they were going to happen. Yeah. And they got intercepted several times. I think it was about yeah. three intercepts by the Tigers in the first half. One led to a try. The Titans finally started to learn about it and realized that, you know, just let them come up and in and just exploit that gap out wide. Yeah, yeah. And the Tigers didn't learn from it because they're stupid. <laughs> um, another thing, I saw some people saying that Luke Brooks wasn't running the ball enough. Mm-hmm. Um, go and watch the game again. Luke Brooks is one of the most consistently um, consistently strong ball running halfbacks there is. I'm not saying that he's he's one of the best ball running halves out there, but he's not he's not shy. He doesn't shy away from running running to the line. Yeah, and when, as we saw the week before, when the when the forwards are making a bit of a, a bit of momentum, that ball running aspect of his game is an absolute killer. But when the forwards aren't going forward, that ball running just means he just gets shut down. Yeah, it basically turns into a hit up. Yeah, and he's too small for to be doing that, and he shouldn't be doing that. There should be options either side of him. Wanting to take those line, those runs into the line, either as a decoy or even as a crash ball. And they just stand around looking at him. So he's got to take the hit up. It's just stupid to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I just wonder when he just gets fed up. And he has, it doesn't look like he's there at all just yet. But I just wonder when he gets fed up with it all. And it, it's got to happen eventually, you would think. I think at the moment he loves playing alongside Benji. Yeah. Like, he idolised Benji as a kid, apparently. Mm-hmm. So, I don't think he has any plans of going anywhere until Benji leaves. And if yeah. that's next year or the end of this year, then I think Brooks's contract comes up the year after. It'd be interesting. So, there was a lot of discussion about the Brisbane Bombers name. We had a really good conversation uh-huh. in the last episode with uh, Nick Livermore. It was really good, really uh, impressive bloke. Um, but today there's been a lot of talk on Twitter um, about the name of the Brisbane team that they've chosen, which is the Bombers. We talked a bit about it in the podcast episode with Nick. Um, but you've been involved in like a Twitter scrap over this <laughs> for the last about four hours. Um. Yeah, some people are talking about how the Bombers is about planes that drop bombs to kill people and that's why it's a bad mascot to have. Mm-hmm. Others have been saying that it's, an, it's a name that's attached to the Essendon AFL team. Yeah. My genuine answer to all that is I don't give a fuck. It's marketing stuff. I don't care. Yeah. I don't think of... You know, when I think of the tigers, I don't think about the animals that go around the jungles and killing other animals and 
the ones in zoos that kill people as they're too stupid to bloody stay on the right side of the fence. I, I don't. I don't. I mean, I made an argument in there that, you know, the Raiders, the Raiders are named after Vikings that are known for raping and pillaging. Mm-hmm. I don't think of that when I think of the Raiders. I just think it's Canberra. It's just a nickname for a club to me. I couldn't yeah. give a shit what the Bombers call themselves. I literally yeah. don't. I literally do not care. Yeah. My point is, I can't believe that of all the things people want to talk about this club, they want to focus on the fucking picture. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Like, I want to know if this club's going to be financially viable mm-hmm. for Brisbane, you know, for itself. Is it going to increase revenue for the game via the TV rights deal? Is it going to bring more Queenslanders and Pacific Islanders into the game? Because mm-hmm. those numbers, the Queenslander numbers, are dropping a little bit. Yeah. Um, these, to me, are far more important things than a fucking picture on a logo. Yeah, but I guess, like, at the moment, they're all things that you've got to project, you know, because you haven't got, you haven't got uh, clear numbers on a lot of that stuff right now. Whereas the logo is something you they actually have, they've got. And I think that's why people focus on it a little bit. And it's interesting that they focus so much on it. And as Nick said, like, at least people are having a feeling about it one way or the other. I wonder if a lot of these people are actually in Brisbane that don't like the name. Because if they're in Brisbane and they don't like the name, that might be a problem. But I would suggest that most of them aren't in Brisbane. Um, I and the the other thing is, and it's been brought up time and time again. If you don't like the name, come up with a better one. And I love naming things. I can't come up with a better name. No, it's this is the thing. I, I asked them to to come up with a better one. I also told them because I'm you know I'm not bloody Nick Livermore's PR person. You know if they if they want to know why he chose the Bombers. As I said on there, he's on Twitter. You can go to the Brisbane Bombers website and contact him via email there. He'll answer you. And half an hour after I did that, he came on Twitter and made a comment to let everyone know, if you've got a comment, ask me. Yeah. And they all went quiet and did talk to him. (laughs) You peanuts. I, I saw somebody said that you obviously have a vested interest yeah. in the club. So what percentage <laughs> do you own of the Brisbane Bombers? Can you tell me about this? This is an exclusive. Oh, nice. Exclusive. I own every share in the Bombers. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's incredible. They're not actually publicly listed, and they don't actually have any shares. Yeah. But for the for, for shit's sake... Yeah, I've got all the shares. Nice. Excellent. I knew there was some sort of vested interest with the way you passionately defended the honour <laughs> of the club. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, what happened is I took all that... Um, I took all that money I got from Patreon. Yeah. And invested it in Bitcoins. Mm-hmm. And then sold them when they peaked, made a few trillion dollars, and then converted it from US dollars to Aussie dollars, which mm-hmm. made it about thirty-five kajillion trillion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, 
Yeah, I thought, fuck it, I'm going to make a team called the Bombers just to piss everyone off. Do you know the old story about um, there was an offer to Lily Allen to do a concert and they were going to pay her in Bitcoin and she turned it down, which I, it, I think was a smart move, you know. But if she'd taken up that offer, she would have made like something like $3 billion in Bitcoin when it hit its peak. That's only if she had sold it. Yeah, that's true. Because it tanked hard after that. It really did. There was another story about somebody that uh, early on in Bitcoin, they um, bought a pizza with it, and that pizza ended up being a few hundred thousand dollars when it hit its peak, which would suck. <laughs> That's a bit like that story about the... Was it the, the first owner of Microsoft selling all the shares for about 10 grand? Oh, really? I don't, I don't remember that one. Yeah, I don't know if it's true or not. It went around for ages in emails and stuff. Yeah. Which, yeah, today would be worth, like, hundreds of billions of dollars. You could buy countries with them and shit. Wow, that's crazy. Amazing. Yeah. Who do you think is going to win the uh, Battle of the West? Paramount. Oh, man. I, I'm kind of quietly confident, hey? Like, Paramount is in form. I hope Penrith win. Yeah. <coughs> It's not just because, it's not me saying I want to see Parramatta lose. I want to see how Parramatta bounce back after a loss because I've not had to do it yet this year. Yeah. And I think that's going to be a true testament as to, you know, how good a side they are. And that's what they need to do. Um, I just, yeah. I'm, I'm confident and I don't know why. Sometimes I get confident again about games like this. It's and I just, Your boy's there. My boy. He's, uh, yeah, he's back. Um, it's more a case of like, Parramatta has been pretty good and obviously they're closer to a loss than they are a win. You know, at some point, yeah, it's just the way the numbers work. Unless they're going on a 10 game win streak, you know, um, they look really good. They're in form. Everything's working for them so far this season. And I just wonder if Penrith will be able to throw a bit of a spanner in the works and uh, maybe have kick out, have an awesome game. Their forward pack needs to step up a little bit. But if they can execute better on their, you know, last tackle, they're a very, very good team. They're, they're a solid outfit. The problem is that they can't convert it into points at the moment. And I, I wonder if Cleary coming back will help that a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I, I just i am quietly confident about it. I'm not shouting from the hills yet, but if they win, I will be. <laughs> And why the hell not? Yeah. It'll mean that we're undefeated still. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a good game. I'm really looking forward to it. Well, uh, what else has been going on? Not much else in rugby league, that's for sure. Um, you know, I tried to start a movement on Twitter uh, not too long ago, actually, to uh, tear down Karen Cunningham's statue in St. Helens and throw it in a river. But I didn't get much support from St. Helens fans. It was really weird. Yeah, they tend to like him. Yeah, they were saying words like club legend and things like that. Uh, so that was disappointing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, not much else has happened in rugby league. It's been a bit of a quiet few days, which is good because rugby league needed a quiet few days. Yeah, no controversies. Yeah, nothing like that. 
Um, biggest controversy we saw was obviously Josh Reynolds getting pulled over. Um, he did a bit of a test. The test had mixed results, so that's do a, I think a blood test or something like that. Um, he seemed pretty confident about it though, so I think nothing will come of that. Yeah, in the end, what we learnt was um, Josh Reynolds didn't pay his rego. Yeah, well, it wasn't his rego; it was his license. Oh, his license. Well, yeah, he had uh, I mean, under NRL mainstream media, I mean, that's is that close to punishable by death? It probably is. You could probably do. It, he might have to like. I don't know, have a finger cut off or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's probably fair. Yeah, I, th- I think that's pretty straightforward. Who's the player that <clears throat> cut off their finger to keep playing? That was Angus Crichton. Well, there, that's right, that's right. Yeah. Some, some gangster shit right there. He might have picked his nose in public or something, and so the media just said, mate, you got to lose it. Got to lose the finger. If you had to get a finger cut off, would you try to get the bones kept? No. I would, for sure. Wouldn't care. Yeah, I'd, I'd try and keep the bones and <clears throat> I'd fashion something out of them. I don't know what, but I'd work something out. I'd put them on the end of a stick, and that could be my finger and stick. I want to see where this conversation goes. Ah, oh, just, yeah. You know. I think it's handy to have a finger and stick sometimes. You just That's... get outside of the room, you just pick up your finger and stick and you just got get extra length out of, you know, your finger range. You want to add some more to that? No. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's, uh, what's COVID-19 feel like? COVID-19? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm giving it a crack. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest. It's a bit underwhelming. Oh, really? Hey, I thought there'd be like like six stages of death and shit like that. Yeah. Nah, I've just got an irritating cough and a bit of a snotty nose. Sometimes. It's not even there all the times. Have you uh, had the urge to go and visit an old people's home? Nah. I do live near one. Yeah. Yeah, the, the bus I catch in the morning is across the road from it. Ah, well, rest in Uh, peace, all them old peoples. Yeah, sorry about that. (laughs) Imagine. I'm sure they're listening. Imagine if that's all it just come down to. Like, there's a big press conference and they say, we found who it is. And you just come out and you go, yeah, sorry about that. (laughs) My bad. Whoops. Yep. I thought I was all right, but then it turned out I wasn't. Yeah, hand in the air, that was me. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. Yeah. Sorry, sorry about that, you know. You should be all right, I won't do it again. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to worry about dying a second time. I'll That's do the right true. thing the next time around. That's true. Luckily, we're all... We're, the, I feel like the pandemic is over. What do you feel like? Yeah. We made it. Yeah, we need shirts on that. Yeah, we'll maybe make some... What if we made some Fergo and the Freak shirts that said something like, I survived the pandemic thanks to Fergo and the Freak. That could, that could work. It would. And can we can we... put... 
Right, right now, we should have a genuine on-air live discussion about what merch we should have. Yeah, well, you know what ones I would love to have? There's a few things I'd like to have. Obviously, some T-shirts, right? We need some T-shirts. Um, I'd like to have some beer coasters and beer cozies and some mugs and some of those little, uh, you know, the, like, things that you put in the back window of your car? Mm-hmm. Some some of those things, too. I want a shirt. Yeah. And on the front it says Fergo by day and on the back it says Freak by night. <laughs> that would be a good one. I like that. <laughs> I've, I've got some shirts that I've had made up and they say uh, League Freak owns me because I used to say that to the Poms a lot. Uh, uh-huh. I used to say that I own them. And then I've got ones that say the King of Rugby League and I can't remember what the other ones say. They might say the King of the Internet or something like that. So, yeah. So now you can have one that says, um, I'm succulent. I'm so <laughs> freak succulent. <laughs> I reckon, you know what we should do with the the uh, pandemic ones? Is uh, get a, a photo of the COVID-19, um, like, virus and put that on the front of it. That would be really cool. Yeah. That's an idea. Yeah. Or you just have one saying, Ferg on the Freak. More infectious than COVID-19. I just thought, I don't, have I told our listeners the thing that you say to people when they're telling you about what ingredients they've put into something? No. I don't think I have. So what you do, if you want to be really obnoxious, anytime somebody says, do you know what the really good ingredient is that you can taste in this food I made? (laughs) All right. (laughs) You just, you always say horse cum, right? Every single time. But you say it really honestly. You go, hmm, is it horse cum? And you, you do that over a long enough period of time and you'll break a person down. So what I would like to do is get, you know, some of those those coffee mugs where they change color <laughs> and, and it could say like, while well, it's black. It could be like, what's in this cup? And then as it changes color, as the cup heats up, it goes, hmm, it's horse cum. <laughs> funny. Do you know who'll be the first one to buy one of those cups? I do. She knows it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, what other merch could we make? Key rings? Would people buy key rings? Key rings? Possibly. Hey, we've got uh, we got emails, by the way. We should read them out. All right, that seems like a, that seems like a better idea than our merchandise discussion. Yeah. Um, while you're firing that up, yep. Um, if anyone's got any ideas on what we should do for merch and what you'd buy, definitely hit us up. Mm. Do it on Twitter. Do it on Instagram. If you've got some ideas and you want to mock up some pictures of it, send them to us on Instagram. Well, send them to us anywhere. Fergo Freak Pod on Twitter, Fergo Freak Pod on Instagram, and um, we'll, I mean, we'll happily post them around and give you credit for the pictures and give people an opportunity to vote on what they think might look best. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what people come up with because we can fairly, get it made. I'm, I'm fairly certain no one will do anything. Probably not. Yeah, because we haven't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our first email is from. PK, 
And he said, hi, guys, just want to mention after watching Sports Sunday the other morning about Peter Fitzsimons. I understand his clickbait position on the show and with the Sydney Morning Herald, Skidmarks probably plays good money for it. Um, is Channel 9 for it against league, he says. But there is no doubt he believes a lot of what he says. He's really just comedy gold for league people now, and that's a clear majority of people. But it has got to a point where his constant rhetoric is really hurting the <coughs> union in this country. His absolute arrogance and insecurities as a union supporter with his blinkers on is spreading a superiority agenda the game cannot uphold here in Australia. It's amusing the moron can't see it. This is clearly highlighted on the show when he commented, and I'll paraphrase, World Rugby wouldn't have any idea what Rugby League is. Peter Fitzsimons is a creative storyteller. I'll give him that. But the narrative he is spreading is only enforcing the stereotypical union person, which is, which is arrogance hidden under insecurity and delusion. This narrative is killing union here in Oz, as people are just off it as they see right through it. Let's be clear. League is at the fore mind of world rugby. Always has been, always will be. It is why Union has spent the last 100 plus years trying to kill it. League is Union's worst nightmare. It is obvious again recently with the proposed rule changes listed by World Rugby. And he says it's a 50-22 rule, uh, goal line dropouts, changing to summer in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, and then he says, the fact is, Union has been following league ever since the split in 1895. The introduction of numbers on the backs of players is just one of the hilarious introductions copied by league, professionalism. I can't wait for the likes of Amazon or Netflix to do a documentary story on rugby league, the original rebel sport, to spread to the masses. Union would be fucked afterwards. I could go on for pages here, but I just wanted to highlight this as it's pissing me off yesterday, but also equally kind of humorous as Peter Fitzsimons digs Union's grave deeper. Finally, for Peter Fitzsimons, the sad reality for him is if it weren't for Rugby League to talk about, he wouldn't have a job. Cheers, PK. Are you there? Can't hear, man. Nah, still can't hear. <laughs> it's super quiet. Ah, is that any better? It got louder. Ah, okay. Any better now? No? Yes? Y yeah, it's getting better and better, yeah. All right, all right. What are you uh, doing? I was probably sitting a bit far back. Okay, yeah, that'll do it. Uh, um... Yeah, I said in a tweet a week or two ago that uh, Peter Fitzsimons is a rugby league journalist yeah. and commentator. Yeah. And just left it at that. Yeah. Some people thought I was being serious. Mm -hmm. Some people realized I was just trolling him. Mm -hmm. But if you went and said that to him, he'd be, he'd be infuriated. But if we're honest and we sit back, what's the difference between half the shit that Peter Fitzsimons says... And most of the mainstream rugby league media. Yeah, not much. Exactly. Yeah, he's just as brain dead as the rest of them. Mm-hmm. And none of them 
sit back and offer any genuine insight, not even for a minute. Mm-hmm. And we've we've spoken with genuine rugby league insight today for more than a minute. Mm-hmm. We we can do it without any prior notes or any <laughs> effort. It just happens. Mm-hmm. They can't do it at all. No, they refuse to. And that's why people, you need to support independent um, content creators. Doesn't have to be us. It can be a lot of different people, but yeah, independence where where is where all the good shits at. I, I agree. It really is. It's uh, and it's night and day. The mainstream media is terrible, um, and all the interesting stuff you read these days is from independent sites, which is really cool to see. Um, we got an email from Julie actually, oh. and she said, "Hey, just a quick email with some questions about the game." said, number one, what is the youngest and oldest on pl- players' average age teams to have won a premiership? That's a good question. Yeah. Um, now, we had a little talk about this before, and, like, we kind of thought that maybe St. George, towards the end of their 11 straight premiership run, would probably be close to one of the oldest teams. Yeah. Um. Even actually, probably even the uh, the Sharks in 2016 would have been a fair age too. Yep, yep. You know, Gallon Lewis. Yeah. Yeah, they um, Maloney. And then the youngest teams, we actually said the West Tigers and the Panthers in the early noughties. Yeah. Um, they would have been really close to the youngest teams. Um, you know, none of them really jumped out for us otherwise. Yeah, I couldn't think of too many others that would jump out as being, you know, fairly young sides. Those two did have a few older heads in there, but there was there was a pretty young playing group in both both teams. Yeah, trying to think if there's any other playing groups that I can think of that I wonder if Canberra and '89 might get there. Like, who were they? They had a couple of older players, but yeah, I guess maybe, hey. Let's have a look, see what they got there. Canberra's, wow. Canberra's 1989 grand final side mm-hmm. had three 30-year-olds in there. That's Don Ferguson not... was 35, Chris O'Sullivan was a day after he turned 30, and yeah. Dean Lance was 30 years old. Who was the first one? Chica Ferguson, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so their average age was 25 years and 88 days, which was actually only 75 days younger than the Balmain side that they played. Wow, that's really interesting, huh? Yeah, that surprised me. Yeah. And there was not one of the Balmain players was age 30. That's interesting. It's weird because that Balmain team, I guess it was probably because they were at, like, just coming into the peak of, like, because a lot of them were established threat players when they made the grand final. It wasn't like they'd just broken onto the scene, you know what I mean? That's right, and they're all pretty much at their peak, even though, you know, Matty John says, you know, hit your peak at 30. Yeah. Um, Gary Jack was 28. Uh, let's see. Tim Brasher, 18, Steve O'Brien, 24, Gary Freeman, 26, Steve Roach, 27, Ben Elias, 25, 
Bruce Maguire, 27. Zero, 24. Wayne Pierce, 29. Sean Edwards was 22. It's crazy. Yeah. I didn't realise that a lot of them were that young. Yeah, neither I thought, did I. I thought a few of them would have been 30. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I wonder how the uh, Panthers that won their first premiership, I think they would have been older than, than those players. But, like, that, I mean, I guess players like... I think Guy would have been younger than most people expected, but they did have a couple of old heads in their team too, like Roycey Simmons and that. Uh, Royce was 32. He was the oldest. Yeah. Brad Izzard was 29. He was the next oldest. Yeah. Paul Dunn, 28. Um, But, yeah, they were 25 years and 111 days, so they were older than the 89 Raiders, but younger than the 89 Tigers. There you go. So they were pretty close too. And All right. The 91 Raiders side in that grand final was 20 days younger. Wow, that's interesting. We can look at this shit all day. Yeah, this is where people find out what we normally do when we're not recording episodes. Well, what about the Panthers in 2003 and the Tigers in 2005? All right, let's check out the Panthers 2003. Yeah. Because they were the ones that jumped out at us immediately. Yeah, they were 24 years and 169 days, so they were quite a bit younger. Yeah. Um, Scott Sattler, 31, and Ryan Girdler, 31, were the two eldest. Yeah. Who would have been 28. Yeah. And then Preston Campbell? Uh, He was 26. Yeah. So 24 years, 169 days. Far out. All right, let's check 2005. I've got a feeling that Panther side will be younger than the Tigers one. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Benji will drag him down pretty quick. He was yeah. only a teenager, wasn't he? <laughs> Tigers were 24 years and 335 days, so they were 200 days older. Wow, that's surprising to me. I guess they had a couple of, like, uh, the likes of John Scandalis and stuff. They'd been around for a while. Mm. I can't think of any others that you could throw in there that would be contenders. No. Um, and, yeah, that, that Sharks team in 2016, 28 years, 76 days. Oh, 28 years. Okay, what about the uh, 92 Broncos? I don't think they'll be that old. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, for young, for a young uh, team. No, 24 and 357 days. Okay, so the Panthers so far. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, there's there's none of them jump out for me outside of those ones. I'll see if I can check the Dragons. I don't know if I've got all their dates of birth. Okay. We'll go to 66. No, I can't check that one. Damn it. Damn. But I feel like it would be them. Yeah. Can I see it here? Well, the average age of the players who I do have for the Dragons mm-hmm. in 66 is 28 and, and 28 and about 150 days. Okay. So even so, that 2016 Sharks team is older. Yeah, so that makes sense. That makes so much sense. I mean, they're at the end of their run there. Yeah. 
Inter- a really good question by Julie, hey? Absolutely. Um, and she's got four of them. That was just the first one. Uh, the second question, have any plays been born on February 29th and have any games ever been played on that date? No games have been played on that date in Australia. Mm-hmm. Not in the not in the general premiership or the Brisbane one. Mm-hmm. February twenty ninth, yeah, there'll be players who were born on that day. Um Nelson Asifa Solomona. Mm-hmm. Ben Hampton. Mm-hmm. Clinton Tupi. Mm-hmm. And Jean Emmanuel Cassin from France. Oh, there we go. So they're the ones I know of. Yeah. We might find more. Have a look through and find them. Yeah. Because uh, I just think it'd be fantastic to see, like them saying how a player's running out, and it's they're only six years old, really. Well, that's right. I mean, right now Nelson Asifa Solomona, he's six. Yeah. I mean, if he's going to be at his peak in th- when he's thirty, <laughs> you need to sign him up to a twenty-four year deal. Exactly. And well, you've got to times it by four, so that's a ninety-six year deal. That's doable. That's doable. Yeah. Think I've of that. He's going to be his peak in 96 years. It's not too bad. Bloody hell. Um, third question she had, what are your thoughts on players leaving mid-contract due to compassionate grounds? And do you think this is ever abused by some players to get out of contracts? I've got no problem with it. And if and it probably is abused, I still don't care. Yeah, see, I think any time a player is released on compassionate grounds, I always feel as though it ends up being bullshit. Yeah. And I I kind of agree with you. Like, you know, if a club is willing to release a player, who cares at the end of the day? It's like, you know, obviously everyone decides that it's the end of their relationship and they should move in separate directions, I guess. Um, Yeah. Question four. Which team? Well, actually, I was going to say... um, (laughs) Other than Parramatta and Peter Sterling, when was the last time a club lost one player and turned to shit? Like forever afterwards. Ooh, that's a good question. Just turn to one. Shit. Turn to shit might be hard. How about never won a premiership ever again? But Parramatta did turn to shit. I mean, they turned to shit. Like they were contenders, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, poor Brett Kenny. He's playing with a bunch of losers. Um. One player and then turn to shit. It's hmm. a really good question. Man. I can't think of anyone, hey? There you go. Yeah. Everyone's replaceable except for Duncan Thompson and Peter Sterling. Because, <laughs> I mean, Norse... Norse went rubbish after he left. True, true. For what about... For 80 years. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's normally a bunch of players. It's very rarely just one player, one linchpin. Mm. I always say when people say, oh, they'll never replace him, it's like Daly Messenger retired. Yeah, no. Everyone gets replaced in this game. Oh, yeah. Um, which team has the best celebrity fan? And who would your ultimate celebrities to go to a game be like if you went with them. So she said, mine would be to go with the queen, Prince Philip, Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman and Gus Warland, uh, Ed Sheeran 
and James Blunt. Who would you want to go to a footy game with? Tony Collins. Tony Collins. Terry Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, Ian Heads. Mm-hmm. That's probably it. I would probably go to a footy game with uh, Scully Johansson and Stacey Keebler. You're not watching the footy then, are you? There's football? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's a good one, Julie. Thanks for your email. Yeah. And that's all the emails we had. Now, we did have one of the people who left us a comment, mm-hmm. uh, Barry Smick. Remember, he, used to, he told us that um, it was um, his go-to podcast during his morning walks and coffee. Yep. It was a fantastic review. Well, he seems to have been inspired by the last review because mm-hmm. he's deleted that one. Mm-hmm. He's brought out a new one called Go-To Podcast, five stars, yada, 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 blah, 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 podcast. <laughs> well, I think he covered every everything in the podcast. Nailed it. He did good. Um, we should do a little three-second episode, which is just that. What do you mean? <laughs> That'd go down well, wouldn't it? We'd just do our intro and then go, yada, yada, yada blah, 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 podcast. Catch you next <laughs> week. I feel like at this point, with how many listeners we do have, would probably upset some people. <laughs> That's the first time I've heard you being concerned about upsetting people. Oh, no, I'm just warning you. <laughs> Are you getting old? No. No, I'm not getting old. You're the old one here. Yeah, that ain't, that ain't no lie, that one. <laughs> Do you want to tell people how old you are? I should let people guess. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Send and there won't, be, there won't be a prize for if you get it right either. You'll just be disappointed. <laughs> we should run a poll on the uh, on the Twitter feed tomorrow, Fergo on the Freak Twitter feed tomorrow, and they've got to guess your age range. <laughs> See what they come up with. See, the no, thing- you don't want to make it funny. You, hey. make, you make the age range, like, really wide. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, if you, if you look at it and, like, the vast majority of people say like 50 to 65 and you're like, what the fuck is that all about? Like, what, what is it about my voice that makes them think I'm that old? <laughs> I probably do sound a bit old and boring. Nah, nah. You sound like you're dying though. That's interesting. That'll put me in the, the 65 to 85 category. <laughs> well, if, yeah, if you do die, wouldn't that be 65 and over? Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. I ain't going to die, though. N- probably not. Like, there's a really... A Nothing, pretty... No other virus has ever killed me before. That's true. And I chased this fucker. Yeah, you went after it. You jumped on a plane. You jumped on a boat. I jumped on a cruise ship. Yeah. I went to Sydney when it was peaking there. I got on a plane in Sydney and come back to, to Victoria. Mm-hmm. I was chasing that fucker hard. And it took him three months. <laughs> To finally catch up with him, and all it gave me was a runny nose and uh, an occasional cough. I can't wait until, like, we've got grandkids and stuff. Not you and me. You, like, us with other people. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, Awkward. <laughs> and, uh, 
like when they ask about the pandemic, I'm going to make out like it was just a horror zone. Yeah. Oh, man. We had sirens going off in the streets. I was dug in underground. Didn't see sunlight for three months. Because that's how I'll talk when I'm old, you know? Yeah. I'm already old, so this is what I'm going to talk like when I'm <laughs> 95. <laughs> Back in my day. Back in my day. What'll be, what do you reckon will be our back in my day thing? I've already got one. What? Took me two hours to get to school on the bus. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I've already, see, I covered my back in my day really early. I ticked that shit off the list. You know, one of the things that they'll be really surprised by is that we used to have lead in the petrol. I'll be like, what do you mean lead? It's like, yeah, it was full of lead. Uh, not just in the petrol, in the paint on the walls of the house. Yeah. And asbestos. The asbestos houses. Yeah. I grew we up to, in an asbestos house. We used to live in asbestos and lead-riddled houses and survived. It was the best. And you softcocks will get there and winch because you can't find any fucking AirPods. Exactly. Go These... away when you come back to me and you've got a spine. The fucking kids these days. The nerve. Fucking millennials. <laughs> we've just we've just angered the ball now. Yeah. It's lucky we don't have statues of ourselves up somewhere. Man, it's... we need statues. Maybe we should start a thing. Where would our statues be? I'll put one in the township where I grew up. That way no one will ever find it. You know what? You have a successful podcast. Why not? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a crack at Wikipedia, putting my uh, my entry back on there again. Yeah, you should do it. Respected yeah. rugby league uh, author, historian, journalist. Yeah, I can add that <laughs> in there. I haven't put it on my resume yet. I would uh, my statue for those in the know. My statue would be on the. Uh, uh, what side of... I would have it at Trigger Shops. It'd Trigger be, Shops? Yeah, it'd be on top of Trigger Shops, and it would be me, like, reaching up towards the stars just <laughs> to show all of the children that, that your dreams can come true, and uh, it would be fantastic. See, I was thinking of one where you actually get close to the stars, and I put you on the top of the Humber Bridge. The Humber like, Bridge. As, like, some... Some guardian angel looking over passers-by. <laughs> yeah, but then my poor statue would have to be in fucking hole. I'm not going to do that to a lump of, you know, a lump of brass. I'd rather that lump of brass be on top of Nick's. I, I hope it's still called Nick's and Smith's at Trigger Shops and just fucking reaching up for the stars. Be beautiful. All the children will come and they'll say, that's him up there. But of course, there'll be no plaque. I can't have a name on it. It'll just be him. Yeah, just him. Yeah, you, know, you should. Yeah, you, know, you should do it. The next fifty or sixty odd years of life you got left in you. Yeah. Minimum. Yeah. Is write your own version of the Bible. In the beginning. <laughs> How would I start that off with? In the beginning, there was a Portos. <laughs> in the beginning, there was. In the beginning, it was more like, in the beginning, it was chips at 
Nicks, you'd go up there. You know what I used to do, right? I used to walk to school, go into Nicks, go and get two bucks worth of chips with barbecue sauce on them, and then go to school in the morning eating chips. Good <laughs> I used to uh, get up in the morning, go up to the back, and uh, crack the ice off the uh, water in the dog bowl so I could have something to drink. Oh, jeez. Because it got that bloody cold and freeze it solid. I even had a dedicated stick, which is just an old busted up axe handle. Mm-hmm. Clunk. And we- then go on the walk to the bus. Yeah. I mean, it used to only be about a 500 meter walk, but you know, by the time I turn 90, it'll be like 35Ks or so. Exactly. I'll say in the snow, although it only snowed where I grew up once and at school about, I don't know, half a dozen times or so. But we'll just say it snowed every time. Snow, yeah, three foot of snow. Yeah. You have to trudge through it. Um, it'll be fantastic. Oh, it'll be an epic novel, just me going to school. Yeah. You can write, you can write about it, actually. I could. It'd be good. It'd be just as dull as my personality. No, your personality's the, not the, dull. The, uh, the sales would go through the roof. You remember... Was it? it might have been about 20 years ago, a book came out called um, uh, Here It Is or something like that by Frank McCourt. No. About an Irish an Irish bloke who had a very poor upbringing. Yeah. That's it. That's the whole book. That's the whole book. Oh, wow. Yeah. I wouldn't no, mind. I wouldn't no, I think, mind actually, I think it was called Angela's Ashes. Oh, really? That's a bit yeah. different to what you you called it. No, Here It Is, I think, was the, the follow-up book to it. Oh. <laughs> you know what I'd like to do is make a rugby league colouring in book. I think that would be hilarious that you've got, like, history books and I've got a colouring in book. Page one, Mitchell Pierce with the dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we got to make this happen. That would be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> what could you have? You could have uh Page two, Todd Carney setting his fart on fire. You get you could have uh Julian O'Neill proud <laughs> squat over a shoe. Um eight miles in the hallway at the hotel. Yeah. <laughs> this needs to happen. Needs to happen. <laughs> There's a consistent consistent theme here, like this colouring book will have to come with a whole bunch of pencils and about five of them will be brown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. You're you gonna run out of a, those buses real fast. You're gonna get a, you're gonna get crayons with you. You're gonna get some coloured ones, and then one set that's just brown crayons. That's right. That'll be for the Julian O'Neill section. Yeah, yeah. It's Sealed gonna be. Let's do this. Let's put together. I'll put together a colouring book. Call it League Freaks Colouring Book. I can uh, get the art all done up for it. It's gonna be good. Uh, you just better be ready because this gonna is gonna be a smash hit. Yeah, give us some ideas for more, for more pictures, people. Yeah, it's ideas for pictures you want to see in the colouring in book. Um, it's going to be fantastic. This is going to this is going to go off. Oh, I this, could sell it through my Patreon. Hey, yeah, this can only be an unmitigated success. Yeah, I can't see this going wrong at all. I can't see anyone having any issue with it whatsoever. No, no. Everyone loves colouring in books. They even now make them for adults. Yeah. You know, what you could do is one of those adult ones. It'd just be Josh Dugan, but it'd be like one of those adult ones where they've got all the designs on the page. It's just, just yeah. colouring in Dugan's tattoos. Yeah, it's like basically drawing a doily on him. 
<laughs> that could be the one while he's uh, drinking a cruiser while hanging the finger. Yeah, the, man, this is going to be a really good coloring book. I'm excited by this. Sometimes there's ventures that I like to uh, to go on, and this yeah. is one of them. Now, this has been more of an episode, but we've been talking about our, <laughs> our future money making. We should just yeah, we should just call this fucking brainstorming, hey? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is going to be a hard one to sell to the public. Yeah, true. Anyway, let's wrap this sucker up. I suppose we should do that. Yeah. Um, Pebble, you can follow us on Twitter at Virgo Freak Pod. You can follow us on Instagram, Virgo Freak Pod. Go out there and like us on uh, at Facebook. I don't know the link to that, but I'm sure you can figure it out. <laughs> um, there's only one Virgo of the Freak Podcast on Facebook, so, you know, have a crack. See if you can find us on there. Let us know if you find us. We'll give you a, a congratulations. Why the hell not? It'll be good. Um, yeah. We're also on YouTube. That's an even harder one to find. Um, <laughs> you know, go find us on there. Subscribe. Click if the little bell icon. There, I would be impressed. Yeah, we'll even give you a, uh, we'll even make up a certificate on paint and we'll give that to you. Because I'm a, I'm a paint genius. Yeah, you're good with paint. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, check us out on, on YouTube. Like, subscribe over there as well. You can leave comments over there. Sometimes we read them. <laughs> uh, we, have, we haven't done this episode on any of these podcast episodes yet, but we might do one episode where we get through them. And we're on LinkedIn as well. You drop us an email at... Podcast at com. There you go. And if you want to get into uh, subscribing, or sorry, not subscribing, if you want to get in there and um, sponsor and have us read, a, read out adverts for your uh, your business, mm. get in touch, same email address. We're willing to negotiate any old price and stuff like that, so get in there, get involved. Yeah, if you've got a business, you know, get in touch. And what's the worst that happens? We're talking about your business on the podcast in glowing terms. A lot. Mm. Uh, you know, it just replaced the tone conversation we have about a porto. Yeah, pretty much. Because I mean, they haven't come to the party yet. No, they stiffed us, bastards. I reckon they're delicious fucking chicken. Yeah, no finger and stick for them. <laughs> and uh, geez, I think that's pretty much nailed it, hasn't it? Pretty much. I think we did really well in this episode. Um, happy birthday once again. I hope you have an awesome day today. Yeah, I'll be at work. Oh, yeah, no. That'd be good. And yeah. uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, thanks for listening. We'll catch you all next time.